Welcome to the Grace Chapel Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you're encouraged and built up in your faith as we dive into God's Word together. Enjoy the message. Turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and we're going to start a new series today called Jesus One-on-One. Jesus One-on-One. And we're going to look at four one-on-one encounters that Jesus had, one-on-one conversations. And there's so much you could learn from Jesus with his one-on-one conversations. Today we're going to talk about Nicodemus, then we're going to talk about the woman at the well, we're going to talk about Zacchaeus, and we're going to talk about the rich young ruler over the next couple weeks. John chapter 3, now if you allow me to, we're going to go through the entire conversation. So if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 3. If you're new to grace here, we're going to put the scriptures up on the screen. Always encourage you to bring your Bible and follow along with me. John chapter 3, verse number 1 says this, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one else can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, just stop right there because there's a phrase in there I want you to catch. And I want you to know how important this particular phrase is. In fact, these seven words, this man came to Jesus by night. These seven words mean everything to the story. These are not seven random words. These are not minute details. This is the key to understanding everything about this conversation. So when God included these words, this man came to Jesus by night. It means everything to the story. It ties the whole thing together and helps us to really understand Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus. So watch those words. This man came to Jesus by night, and he gives God, Jesus, God in the flesh, he gives Jesus like this compliment, rabbi. Now, that was a huge compliment in that day. It signified that it was a term of respect and signified that this person did come from God, that he was a teacher from God, right? Rabbi, we know that you're someone from God, not God himself, but you're from God, for nobody could do these miracles, right? And what's interesting about the story is that here's Nicodemus, and he's a Pharisee. Pharisees had no problem confronting Jesus during the day, right? They They would often confront Jesus during the day. So this was not a confrontation. This was an inquiry. He hungered for something. Something drove Nicodemus to Jesus' door. That he would seek him out. The only issue was, is that he sought him out at night. So that nobody would see Nicodemus. So he sneaks in, in the cover of night, and gives Jesus this compliment. Which Jesus totally ignores. Right? The very next thing Jesus says is, Jesus answered. It wasn't a question. Right? He did not, he didn't, he had questions, but he didn't offer a question. 
He was seeking something. There was all sorts of things going on in Nicodemus' heart and in his mind. That's why something, I said, something drove Nicodemus to Jesus' door. He was seeking something. He had all these questions, but he didn't ask a question, but Jesus answered the question that was in his heart, right? Because there was a question there, and Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And we don't see that phrase, born again, a lot in the scriptures. In fact, it's only found three times. It's only found twice in John chapter 3 and then once in 1 Peter. Yet we use it all the time. Hey, we're born again. We're born again Christians. You hear that phrase all the time. But it's not in the Bible very often. But Jesus uses it specifically here for Nicodemus. Right? And he uses it for Nicodemus because he says to Nicodemus, unless someone's born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus' response, although it seems confusing at first, it actually makes perfect sense because Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, some people would say, well, well then Nicodemus didn't understand. He understood perfectly what Jesus is saying. He understood perfectly. He's not saying, hey, can you literally go back into your mother's womb because all the women would go, uh. <laughs> nope, that's a one and done. But what he's saying is, is, Jesus, you realize who I am and you realize what I would have to give up. Do you realize what would happen to me if I followed you? Do you realize that, that I would be ostracized from society, that I would lose my job, that I would lose my income, that, that it would be at my age starting my whole life over, that I would literally be considered dead to all, everybody that I knew. They would consider me dead. Do you really think that at my age I could start again? Can a man be born again when he's this old? And, and Jesus doesn't compromise the message. It's, it's, it's that way for everybody, right? And he's saying, Nicodemus, yes, that's the answer. You must be born again. It's true of all of us, you and I here today. Listen, it's still the same message that we have to die to our old life, our old way of living, our old way of thinking. And we have to be completely transformed by the power of God. We have to be willing to walk away from everything that is in the world. And we have to be willing to say yes to Jesus. Jesus, I want all of you. I want none of the world. If nobody comes, if nobody follows me, I'm willing to go with you. I'm willing to follow you. And so I want to say no to my old life. I want to say that that life is dead and gone. I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to follow him. I don't care how much it costs me. I don't care what people think, what people say. I don't care if none go with me. I will follow you. Amen? It's still that way. Do you remember in Mark chapter 8, we read this a few weeks ago, Mark chapter 8, when, when, 
When Jesus said, if anybody wants to follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And then he says these words because, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing that this world offers. What would it benefit if you gained the whole world and lost your soul? And the New Living Translation, I love it, it says it like this, is there anything worth more than your soul? And it's like, here's, here's, Here's the way it is, Nicodemus. It's not a watered-down gospel. Did you hear me now? We can't water down the message. The message is this. You have to be willing to give up your old life, your old way of thinking, and you have to be willing to take up your cross and follow me. I'm offering you a brand-new life. It's me and nobody else. It's not I've come from God, it's that I am God. And you have to be willing to say no to your old life, to die to your old life, and come and follow me. And the way I interpret this is that Jesus is not in any way condemning or harsh in his words. I believe that Jesus is looking at Nicodemus, this is me now, looking at Nicodemus with such compassion. Because here's a hungry heart. Something drove Nicodemus to Jesus. And Jesus says this to Nicodemus, you must, you and everyone that is in the world, you must be born again. Right? And then he goes on and he clarifies it a little more and he says this, verse 6, I should say this, verse 5, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So being born of water is the natural birth. You know how when a woman is pregnant and they're about to give birth, what happens? We say their water breaks. Uh, it's not water, right? But back then, of course, remember when Jesus even was pierced in his side, it says blood and water flowed. It's, it's fluid, right? And so it says this, that you have to be born of the natural birth. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Because some people have misinterpreted that to mean you have to be water baptized. And, and I believe water baptism is a step that every believer should take. But the thief on the cross wasn't water baptized. And he still went to heaven with Jesus. Amen? So he's talking about the natural birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit, right? And then he says this, Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. And what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus is, you want to know how to start over? Do you want to know how to create a brand new life? You want to know how to let go of everything that you've ever known? All the rules and regulations and rituals of your life and all of the judgments that you've passed on other people. You want to know, let, know how to let go of all of that? Listen, here's how you let go of all of that. God does it. It's a spirit thing. If you try to figure it out in your natural mind, it's like you trying to figure out the wind. I remember my nephew. My nephew was four years old. We were standing at the other church, Trinity, and he's like four years old, and the wind is just whipping, and he's just sitting there just taking in all the wind, and he goes to his mom. Mom, is this wind? It's like you can't. You can't see it. All you see is the effects of it, right? 
And I can't see the Holy Spirit, but I see his effect on people's life. I see how he moves. I know when he stirs me. I can't figure it out. That's why it's called faith. Amen? Because if you try to figure it out with your natural mind, you're never going to get there. But if you just believe, I don't know how he's going to do it, he just does it. I don't know how he forgives, he just forgives. I don't know how he restores, he just restores. I can't figure it out, but he's God, amen? And when I get to heaven, maybe I'll know. But guess what? When you get to heaven, you probably won't be worried about all the things you're worried about here on earth. You're just going to be lifting your hands and giving God praise and giving in the glory, amen? So, so don't try to figure it out with your mind, Nicodemus. Just believe. Just believe. It's a spirit thing, amen? It's a spirit thing, Nicodemus. And then Nicodemus, verse 9, answered and said, how can these things be? I need further clarification. And Jesus answered him and answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? In other words, all that you've studied, all the law, all of, all of the things, the judgments, all of the rituals that you've studied, you still haven't figured it out. And he says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, and he's talking about himself, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Watch verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Watch this. Even as Moses, even as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Why would he say that to Nicodemus? Nicodemus knew that story. As a Pharisee, as a teacher of the law, he knew the story from Numbers where the people of Israel sinned against Moses. They complained about Moses and they complained about God, right? And the Bible says that poisonous snakes began to bite them because of their sin. And then God told Moses to make a serpent of bronze. Watch this in Numbers uh, chapter 21, verse number 9 says, So Moses made a serpent of bronze, and when the children of Israel were looked at it, looked at it, they were healed. Remember I said at the very beginning of this year in January, the answer to everything is what? healing. The answer to everything is healing. The answer to everything is healing. And Nicodemus, like you and me, had a sin problem. Come on now. Nicodemus, here's why Jesus told him that story. Nicodemus, you've been bitten by the serpent. Come on now. I've been bitten by the serpent. You have been bitten by the serpent. We have all been bitten by the serpent. We have all sinned. And we all have the same 
answer, and the answer is healing, and that answer is found not in a bronze serpent anymore. The answer is found in a perfect, spotless lamb who was nailed to the cross, and just as Jesus, watch out, just as Jesus was lifted up, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so just as Jesus was lifted up on that cross, and everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And so Nicodemus began to understand, oh, I understand that part of the story, but he never put himself as one of the ones who was bitten. But I have. Come on now. How many of you have? I've been bitten by the serpent. I've got sin in my life that I know that, that God needed to redeem me from and rescue me from and forgive me from. Amen? And so I needed to look to the cross because it's only at the cross that we find forgiveness. There's no other way, Nicodemus, to start this life over. You have to be born again because there is sin in your life, Nicodemus. But there's an answer to the sin. And the answer is found in a loving God. Now watch this. The very next verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved the most popular verse in the world. This verse is by far the most popular verse in the Bible. This verse is the most searched verse on the internet. This verse is the verse most people have memorized. This verse is the verse most children first memorize. This verse is so popular because it really contains... The totality of the gospel. There's a God who loves you. In fact, he loves you so much, he gave his only son for you. Yeah. Woo, come on now. He gave his only son. That whoever believes, that word believe in the Greek is the word pistos, right? It, it's where we get the word piston. It is not a one-time belief. It is like a piston moving in a car. It is constantly moving. It is active. It is always believing. That whoever believes, come on, movement like a piston. Whoever believes in him, what? Should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Amen? This verse contains the totality of the gospel, and it starts by telling you of the love of God. Woo! And what I love about this is God did not take that verse and put it in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus didn't say it to the multitude. Jesus didn't say it when he had 5,000 scattered on the hillside. Jesus didn't say it when there was a multitude. Jesus didn't say it when he went into the temple to teach and to preach. Jesus didn't say it even in the privacy of his own disciples. God reserved what would become the most popular verse in human history for an audience of one. Whew. That's God telling us he's personal. It's a personal thing, right? 
that he would take the most. Listen, did God know that this verse was going to be popular? God's not up there going, boy, I had no idea. Wow, that one got out. Man, that one went viral. Woo! No, God knew that this would be the most popular verse in human history. And he put it into a one-on-one conversation because he's a personal God. Does God love the whole world? Absolutely he does. But he want, what he wants you to know is that he loves you. Right? He loves you personally. It's a personal thing, right? You say this, listen, do I love all my children? If you were to say, hey, do you love your children? I love all my children. I do. I love all my children. But you say, well, well, go ahead. Let's, let's talk about each one of them. Do you, love, do you love your oldest son, Caleb? What kind of response would, I, what kind of response would it be for me to just say, oh, I, I, I love all my children? Well, what about Caleb? I love all my children. No, no, no. If you were to say, well, well, what about Caleb? I would go personal, right? I would say this. Oh, that's my mini-me. That's the one that made me a dad. Oh, I couldn't wait to see his face. I love that kid so much. Oh, Caleb, oh, man, oh, I love him so much, right? You would make it personal. What about your daughter, Hannah? That's my baby girl now. Come on now. That's my only daughter. Come on, dads with daughters. You know, you know what I'm talking about. That's my, that's, my, that's my life right there. Come on now. That's my daughter. Well, what about your youngest son? Oh, that kid, he has brought me so much joy. He, we have so much fun together. I've traveled with him. I've done more things with him than any of them. I mean, that kid is special to me. See, you would make it special because my wife preached years ago and she said something so powerful. She said, God does not love us equally. He loves us uniquely. Did you hear me? In other words, it's personal. It's you and God. That's why God put John 3, 16 into a one-on-one conversation because he wants you to know, yes, he loves the whole world, but he knows you by name, and he's looking at you and saying, yes, I love the whole world, but I don't want you to water down my love. I want you to know this, that while I love the whole world, I'm looking at you, Nicodemus, and it's about you right here, right now. God loves you, and whether your name is Bill or Steve, or Jim or John or Susie or Sally or Kathy. I want you to know this. He loves you. He loves you today. Amen? It is personal between you and God. Right? And then he goes on to say this. Verse number 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. Now watch this. And men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. 
But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Remember I started this message by saying those seven words there came to Jesus a man by night. Or I should say this man came to Jesus by night. By night, by cover of night. And Jesus ends this one-on-one conversation by talking about light and darkness. Huh? Daytime and nighttime. Nicodemus, you've come to me at night. You've come to me under the cover of darkness. Right? But I want you to know this. You're going to have to step into the light. You're going to have to step away from the darkness. Because everything that's in the darkness is evil. But if you want the truth, Nicodemus, truth walks into the light. And here we are having this conversation, and it's 2 a.m. or it's 3 a.m., and the sun is gone, and there's, there's darkness all around us. But I want you to know this. The light is coming. And I'm the light. Come on now. I am the light of the world. And if you want to follow me, you have to step out of the darkness and the evil deeds And I don't think Jesus said this in a very condemning way because he had just said in verse number 17, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. There is safety and there's salvation and there's a brand new life, but you have to be willing to step out of the darkness and into the light, out of the lies and into the truth. Everything that is hidden has to come out. And here's the offer to you, Nicodemus. A brand new life, right? And here's the offer that you come out of the darkness and you follow me. I'm going to ask Pastor Mark to come. I want you to know this. What's interesting about this particular one-on-one encounter is we don't know exactly how it ends. Now, Nicodemus later is mentioned when he actually defends the disciples in the Sanhedrin and defends Jesus, defends Christianity, you could say. But it's also interesting to know that Nicodemus is found one last time in the gospel at the very end. When Jesus is crucified, Nicodemus is the one that brings a hundred pounds of myrrh and spices to wrap the body of Jesus and to bury him. Isn't that interesting? Because it said this, just as the Son of Man must be lifted up, right? just, just like Moses, I should say, lifted up that serpent, the Son of Man has to be lifted up. And here's the brand new life that I'm offering you. If you just look to me, Nicodemus. Now, I just happen to believe that Nicodemus was there at the crucifixion. He immediately went and got the body of Jesus. He brought with him more than was necessary. Typically, they would take about 20 pounds of myrrh and spices to bury a body. He brought 100 pounds. And I just wonder, I just wonder if 
When Jesus is on the cross, Nicodemus goes back to that conversation. I don't know all that happened in Nicodemus' life. There's no telltelling signs that there was this incredible point of conversion, although you could read into the story, him coming to get Jesus could, could make it seem like he was converted. I don't know. All I know is this, is that I believe that when he saw Jesus on that cross, his mind went back to that conversation. You, you must be born again. You must look to me, Jesus, or, or Nicodemus. You, you must see that there's sin in your life. You've been bitten by the serpent. And so just as I'm lifted up, I'm offering to you a brand new life. Come out of the darkness. Come out of that old way of living. That, that has nothing to satisfy you. But what I'm offering you is eternal life. I just believe that perhaps Nicodemus accepted. Would you do this today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm going to ask. Thanks for joining us. And thank you to our Grace family who have been generously giving in to this ministry. For more information about our church, please visit gogracechapel.com and give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram with the same handle at Go Grace Chapel. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.